0: Good morning and welcome to Inside Maine. This is Angus King. I'm here today and we're going to be talking about a very special topic and that is Veterans returning to Maine. Maine has one of the highest percentage of veterans of any state in the country. And what we really want to talk about is the transition back to civilian life. And we have a couple of guests that I think you're going to really enjoy. The first is Staff Sergeant Travis Mills of the 82nd Airborne. Travis was in Afghanistan in 2012 and was hit by an IED. He lost portions of both arms and legs. He's one of only five quadruple amputees from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan to survive. And boy, did he ever survive. He came to Maine three years ago and has founded the Travis Mills Foundation. And they have a retreat for veterans with injuries to come to Maine to experience it in the summer and the fall. And it's really been an incredible journey that he has been on. So, Travis, welcome to Inside Maine. Welcome to Washington. Great to have you here, man.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be able to be part of the show, and, and I'm excited about the opportunity to be here. Well, tell us
0: about the, the, the retreat center and how it came about. And Well, first, how did you happen to come to Maine? I You weren't born in Maine. I mean, really.
1: No, I definitely wasn't. But <laughs> uh, my first appointment, my uh, medic went home in 2007 to watch his first daughter be born. And while his daughter's being born, his little sister thought I looked pretty cute, so she sent a MySpace friend request to me in Afghanistan. And I hit accept to start talking with her because I thought it'd be fun to mess with my medic. And then I ended up really liking her. So, you know, we all fell in love and got married. And and she's
0: from she's from around
1: Augusta. She's from around Augusta, Hollowell, Gardner area. So uh, when it came time to pick where we are going to build our house at, it was between Michigan and Maine. And I thought, you know, my wife's been there through the ringer with me. I told her to leave me when I got blown up. And uh, she didn't have to stay. And she's like, that's not how this works. We're going to get through this together. So I said, we should live by your family. Just kind of very fortunate things fell into place, and and now I live in the great state of Maine.
0: And so now tell me about the retreat center. Where did the idea
1: come from? Well, when I was at Walter Reed, I was able to recover here in D.C. and in Bethesda, Maryland, actually, but, you know, around D.C. And I was able to learn how to use a hand again, how to be able to walk again, how to be able to feed myself and dress myself and things like that. And the military does a great job of getting guys out and showing them how to do things adaptively. And we went to Colorado a couple times in the summer and in the winter you know, snowboarding and downhill mountain biking and things like that. But fortunately for me, in an unfortunate way, because I was so injured, I got to take a NMA, a non-medical assistant. So my wife got to travel with me. But because the funding was for the military service member, if you were a service member that maybe lost one leg or both legs, but had hands that could maintain, your family member wasn't allowed to go. And that was nothing against the military or the government. It was just kind of the way funding worked. And, after being at Walter Reed for so long, seeing all these different nonprofits, profits 501 501c3s, my wife and I thought, we should give back somehow, some way. And we started with care packages. And then some people came out and said, hey, look, you should bring some friends to Maine since you know how to go downhill mountain biking now and kayaking and incumuling. You're
0: kidding me. You go downhill mi- mountain biking. I, I've went uh, I've months. Two to artificial once. legs, two artificial arms, downhill mountain
1: biking. Yeah, it's easy. Four-wheel bike. They strap you into the seat. They duct tape your prosthetics to the handlebars, take you up 9,000-foot mountain. And then they pop a helmet on your head, and they say, "Hey, your brakes are between your thighs. <laughs> Go just, for it. Just squeeze them together to stop." And you're like, "Well, I don't. Okay, what do I do now?" And they said, "Don't die. Wow. And they push you down a mountain." So I did that about nine times that day. Well, so I guess it beats jumping
0: out of an airplane. You did that about fifty times, right?
1: I would have done it more. Done it more. I've been skydiving actually since uh, my injuries a couple times now. But yeah, so my wife and I thought, let's bring some people to Maine, and we just like had some families come up. Nothing. We didn't think nothing of it. Just right. some friends and learn how to do things. And then um, it kind of grew to where now. We bring up eight families per week. We did 11 weeks this year, 89 families total from 27 different states, and we're very thankful and honored for the opportunity to be able to do this because it's no cost to the families. But my biggest thing in my recovery was, I believe personally, my wife and my daughter. So the whole idea is that not only
0: the, the veteran
1: but the family comes. Absolutely. Everything's about the family for me. My family was the most important part of my recovery. I told my wife to leave me. She said, "That's not how this works." My daughter, when she came to see me, I thought she was going to be afraid of me, and she wasn't. You know, and she was only six months old, and I realized I'm going to be her dad, and I'm going to be, you know, my wife's husband, and I'm going to get through this. And I got to get, you know, back to better, and not be a burden. And then learning how to do things adaptively with sports, and with action sports, kayak, canoe, boating, swimming, tubing, fishing, really showed me that I didn't have to live life on the sidelines. But the
0: that's the that's the message, isn't it? That uh, what's your motto? Never, never give
1: up. Never quit.
0: And you just. Have the attitude, and you say, "I'm going to do this."
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, now at the Travis Mills Veterans Retreat Center up up here, it's uh, used to be Maine, uh, it was, main. It Chance was the Lodge. old Main Chance Lodge, mm-hmm, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Built in the '20s, and it was a high end ladies' spa or something.
1: It was, it, and it, it housed a jet pilot, a Kentucky
0: Derby winner, and. But you fixed it up. You restored it, and now it, you have these families come and stay virtually all summer, right, and into the fall.
1: All through summer, the fall. Matter of fact, our last week just ended last Sunday. And we were fortunate to bring up families from Houston and, and Florida that have been infected by the hurricanes and give them the ability to have, you know, some time off away from from that stuff.
0: I got to ask you, what what did these people say when they saw a man?
1: They loved it. They loved it. The kids had never seen snow before, a lot of them. So they were out there in the snow they didn't bring snow pants or snow boots. We had to go buy some. And they just had a good time. You know, and it's all about the family with me. It's It's about building networks. It's all about making sure that whether you come from Montana or Chicago, it doesn't matter what your injuries are. It doesn't matter where you come from, what kind of lifestyle if you're in the country, in the city. You have the same network you can build, the same friendships, the same understanding of I lost my arms and legs and I can still do things. So if I have a good or bad day, I can call my buddy Bo out in Montana and talk about my experience. And my wife has a text chain with about six other wives from Walter Reed and they all talk about everything about 12 times a day. So it's so, all about the so family.
0: sharing the experience really oh, yeah. helps and find meeting and seeing other people that have been through something similar.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes, sir. And, you know, we're very fortunate here at the retreat here and, and do the things that we do in Maine that, I mean, I have my own personal business, a couple of them, uh, fortunately, where I don't need to take any money from the foundation and none of my board members get paid for the foundation. It's all, everything is pay it forward. So we're very fortunate to raise about $3 million this year. Wow. And um, I mean, we're still in the process of paying for the property and things like that. So, I mean, the money's getting spent, but it's all going towards our program.
0: no. when the, when the families are here, there's a program. There's a, I mean, you don't just go fishing.
1: No, I mean, some days, some days. Operation Healing Waters <laughs> comes in. I mean, they take people fishing. We have Vast. They come in, they do archery classes. We have equine therapy with horseback riding, some boating, tubing, kayaking, all that stuff. And we've done some skeet shooting and, you know, taking them out. When the leaves were changing in the fall, we would do like a leaf tour with uh, maybe some wine tasting mixed in. But no, it's it's something for everybody. And we're very thankful to have the opportunity.
0: And you've learned, I trust, that Maine does have a really solid veterans community. You've been in touch and connected.
1: Absolutely. You know, we were very fortunate to come to Maine, and at first some of the other nonprofits were kind of worried we were going to steal their funding or steal things that they were trying to do, and we we kind of came and had a summit, and we brought them all together about, about 50 or 60 other nonprofits who said, look, this is what we do. I want to know what you do so we can be a conduit. We can be that connection piece because people email me and my foundation about something they're going through, and we don't cover it maybe, but we know somebody either in Maine or outside of Maine that does. My lead gift officer, Brandy, she handles a lot of that stuff, and she'll get emails about PTSD or TBI, for instance. We don't cater to that right now. Fortunately, I don't suffer from anything like that, and we don't want to reinvent the wheel, but there's a home based program out of Boston. Sure. And we, we say, you know what? We understand what you're going through. So and a here's lot of a it is,
0: is making the connections.
1: Absolutely, being that focal point and being able to push out the information that needs to get pushed out.
0: And was this year the first year you had people up?
1: This is the first year we had consecutive weeks of people up. We were supposed to do seven weeks of it, and we ended up doing 11, so it's going well i got to
0: ask, how did how did people like it? Did they uh, wh- What did they feel like when they left? Were they sad to leave?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, on our website, travismills.org, if, if you check out the testimonials, some kids said like, this is better than Disneyland. And we have a dad that came up with uh, three kids, and the dad had fell off a cliff. A uh, big Marine, you would never be able to tell anything's wrong with him. He hasn't been over six foot high on a stepladder uh, since the incident. and He had himself up on top of the obstacle course, and he went ahead and jumped off a 24-foot drop-off. We had Mike Rowe come out and donate like about a $100,000 obstacle course and, and did wow. a TV show on it. But he got to the ground, his daughter ran up and said she was proud of him, and he was crying, and, and his mom came over and he got home. And we really are changing lives in a positive way and letting people know that they can do things and they can still be an active member in th- their families and society.
0: Now, I first met you down here a couple of years ago. Don't you also travel the country and do motivational speaking and get, I do. getting people fired up?
1: I do. I do motivational speaking. Match when I'm actually in town. I'm speaking at to NIH tomorrow. But I do that, and it's a lot of fun, and I get to have the ability to, to reach out and tell people, hey, you know, never give up, never quit. A couple of life lessons I've learned is never dwell on the past. Just reminisce what you had because you don't want to dwell on anything. You can't change the past. And I also tell them, you can't always affect your situation, but you always affect your attitude. So I can't do anything about the situation I find myself in, but I can make sure I'm positive about it. And um, it goes over pretty well. I've done about 70 out of state this year, about 170 days in on the road. Wow. I mean, it's busy, but it's fun and it's rewarding, and, and I'm grateful to be able to do it.
0: You spend a lot of time on airplanes.
1: I do, I do, but it's okay because everybody's really nice to me, so it doesn't, it's not a big deal. And
0: how did you come into this idea of, of the motivational speaking? And I mean, did it just sort of did people say, hey, Travis, you got a gift here. You ought to be doing this?
1: It's pretty natural, I guess. I, I was very fortunate where. It's hard um, to get you to talk. I've noticed I know, that. I know, I know. I'm really sorry tough. about that. It's like pulling teeth. <laughs> um, no, it's pretty natural. At Walter Reed, when guys would get injured, I'd be the first one to meet them. You know, i go say hi to them, and then people reached out about doing a documentary, and then all of a sudden they said, let's do a book about your life and have a New York Times bestseller out. It's called right. Tough As They Come. You know, it was a pretty natural fit, and I have no problem being in front of people and talking. So I guess I've been doing it about two and a half years strong now, and it's, it's been going very well. That's that's fantastic. Well,
0: in a in a minute we're gonna take a break and talk to another guy who's involved with veterans in Maine, Jack Richards. But uh, before we get to that, you've settled in. I mean, the 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 winter. You're okay with the winter and all of that.
1: You're, you're love rich. the winter. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere I go, I wear a long sleeve now. Um, but on top of that, you guys can't see me. I guess my arms shorter than my uh, my short sleeve shirt here. My body overheats really bad. So the reason that we moved to Maine instead of like Texas was because. The, the heat I can't deal with the heat that well okay so the weather is beautiful have you tried adaptive skiing as far as depth skiing I, my arm's so short I can't pick myself back up so I don't I don't enjoy it mm-hmm. I do downhill snowboarding so I get my short legs on and I snowboard down a mountain tumble a little bit of it but I, I do my best so I like snowboarding over skiing my daughter wants to learn how to ski my wife skis
0: that's fantastic we got some great main mountains you know Sugar oh absolutely Loaf,
1: Sunday River I'm pretty sure I'm going to Sunday River pretty soon and possibly Sugarloaf yeah good. Good. Then.
0: Well, I want to bring Jack Richards into this conversation. Jack and I go back an awfully long way. He was the Deputy Commissioner of Agriculture back in the 90s and uh, served in the Attorney General's Office, and now he's working with a group called Veteran Mentors of Maine, and they're doing great work uh, with the Veterans Court in Maine. Jack, tell us about what you're up to.
2: I retired from the Attorney General's Office about four and a half years ago, and uh, I was there almost 17 years. The other previous part of my life as a lawyer I did a lot of defense work with veterans. Actually, the attorney general suggested that I get involved with the veteran Mentors of Maine and uh, went down. I talked to uh, T.J. Wheeler, who was the pretrial person at the time, and I found that it was something I was very interested in doing and getting back uh, and working with other veterans, Given my own experience and coming back to after being four years gone and feeling like I lost touch with just about everything. Well, I've been involved for about four years now.
0: Give me a, a, a typical experience. What do you do?
2: meet with the vets uh, every Thursday uh, at the LCMP building in Augusta, and we meet uh, from 4 to 5. We have a board meeting uh, with the board members and mentors from either 3 to 4 or from 2 to 4, depending on what we have on the agenda. And the whole idea is to be there for the veterans 24-7. If they need something in the course of going through the Veterans Program, which is a program that typically is finished in about 15 months, we have a few vets that are finished in uh, a year, and that's four phases, uh, and four phases... Um, and are
0: these, these are veterans, I, let me interrupt you, these are veterans that are having issues in the criminal justice system? Is that who you're working with?
2: And these are basically all of us that don't have a prior criminal record. But when they get out, they get in trouble. And it could be anything from uh, OUIs, we have felonies. We've had two guys that were uh, charged with armed robbery. And one of the, both of them are mentors and have come back and are now on a board. One of the veterans that completed the program is now studying nanophysics down at the University of Southern Maine. And the other one is getting a business degree at UMA. These guys are a success stories.
0: And without the without this sort of personal touch, they might have just been lost into the criminal justice system.
2: I think so. You know, when you come back, I think everybody has the attitude that if you're going through any troubles, it's like, I'm okay, I'm good. And you sort of fend off uh, dealing with a lot of the issues that you have. And these vets have done that. And they wind up getting in trouble. When I go through the program, we go with, to court with them every Monday and... The judge, starting out with Nancy Mills, who was at the inception of the court and is now in charge of the specialty courts, but also Judge Fall, who used to be the prosecutor in Kinnaman County, is the judge. And there is a level of compassion that everyone involved in working with the veterans, including the VA outreach person and case managers for the vets that they see on a regular basis is subject to a 24-hour urine testing. The mentors, at least half, if not all of it, Mentors go to court on Monday. So, so does, a, they, does
0: a particular vet have a particular mentor that stays with them through the process?
2: So we decided not to do that. Uh, it's a matter of vets picking and choosing whoever they want to talk to. We're all there for them. And rather than being so, uh, assigned a mentee, we just sort of free flow with, with all the vets. And they said, we're available 24 7 by the phone if there's a problem they feel like using. because. Here's the typical scenario. You have vets coming back mostly now from Afghanistan and Iraq, which is totally different than the Vietnam era, and you're dealing with an issue of PTSD, depression, and in some cases traumatic brain injuries, TBIs, and self-medicating and some alcohol and some drugs. And drugs is perhaps one of the charges that got them into the system to begin with. And the four phases is like probation on steroids. And it's what you call in legal terms, it's they get a deferred disposition, which means that you go to court, you work out a plea, and somebody that could be subject to seven years of going to jail, for armed robber or even more. It gets out with serving some upfront time and then coming into the veterans court system. But,
0: but when you say probation on steroids, what you mean is that there's a lot of supervision, a lot of interaction. It's not once a month, uh, that kind of
2: thing. No, no, it's just about every day. They have to volunteer. They have to take opportunities uh, that they the case managers work with to get a job, get training, go to school. And that can be in the trades. It could be college. But you got to stay busy. You have to volunteer so many hours a week. And after you complete four phases, which on the average is around uh, 15 months, you then go back to court and you're sentenced. And that sentence is what the agreed-upon disposition is from the beginning.
0: But it reflects the experience and how you've cooperated and worked through the program.
2: Yes, and the four phases have a lot of issues you have to comply with. And, for instance, you've got to be substance-free for at least six weeks before you can move on to the next phase. You've got to have no sanctions, making sure you're keeping up with your volunteer work, and all the other your Meeting, meeting
0: all those obligations. Well, listen, you, you and I were, we were together just a couple of days ago at the Auburn American Legion Post, and one of the things we just got were some additional people from the VA to help with these kinds of programs in Maine. I uh, think uh, this all started when I had lunch at uh, last Veterans Day at a pig roast up in Waterville. That was a win, getting these extra folks.
2: You know, I'll tell you, the reentry person is, Senator King is golden. I can't tell you how much that is appreciated and will be utilized because you're, you're dealing with vets that are coming back. And sometimes, I mean, veterans, it, the VA is a bureaucracy, and as Time goes on. Uh, they can't do everything and anything. And these guys are not engaged with the VA when they, when they come back, and often don't know what's available. This is why I think initially they wind up getting in trouble and have family issues and so forth. Is because there's nobody there that can really sort of grab onto them to take hold and say, "Look, here's what we have."
0: It's uh, it's the it's the handoff question that we talked about the other day. Yes. And, yes. And we need a warm handoff, not a cold handoff. Absolutely. What I've been telling them down here is I think the Pentagon ought to spend as much money on helping people transition out as they do recruiting them in, and then you'd have a smoother process.
2: The guys that graduate from this bank we've had one woman in my tenure there that graduated. What you're doing is you're ensuring a a citizen that is going to be productive in life and give something back and feel good about themselves.
0: Well, so, I, want, I want to get Travis back into this, but I think one point we talked about the other day was every one of these folks that you can we can keep out of prison, saves the taxpayers a huge amount of money. And so right. the cost of the, the, the volunteer mentors and the organization and stuff like that is peanuts compared with what it would cost, I think it's now seventy five or $80,000 a year to send somebody to prison. So this is a good deal for the taxpayers as well.
2: Well, the other beautiful thing about the Veterans Court is that it's, Successful. We have the highest graduates out of any specialty court, and I think that that lends to the fact that veterans have that core value. They have that training, regardless of what branch you served in. You have that core value, teamwork. You know how it works, and that. Yeah, but I, I,
0: I've got a, I've got an active duty Marine working in my office, and Travis gave her an awful hard time today. You know, being Army. I mean, it was, it was, it was ugly to watch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, w- I up to Travis at the uh, retreat center and I introduced myself I said uh, USMC 68 to 72 he says I'm sorry
1: yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> well I mean that's in the, yeah I mean I army wasn't hiring that day it's no big deal we all need heroes <laughs> yeah I, and then I'm pretty sure I said but I'm just kidding thanks for your service of yes, course that's right That's right. Yes, and, and you as well so you know, tra- Travis more-
0: let me let me Jack let me get Travis back into this I- Travis you you've got a sort of specialized niche here of dealing with these vets that that have serious injuries. Do you see the demand growing? I mean, you're gonna have no trouble finding people that wanna come and have this experience, I'm sure.
1: Well, absolutely not. We have, you know, we we do service-connected and combat-related injury right now. Uh, We're gonna probably do burn victims as well. Uh, We stick with the physical injuries right now, but we're going to, instead of reinvent the wheel, we're going to reach out to other nonprofits that already do things like Home Base Program or TAPS Program or Super 5 Fund, and, see if they want to do our programs but they want to have their own weeks people come out to the foundation so instead of us trying to reinvent like a caregiver's week or ptsd and tbi clinics we're going to say look this is our facility this is our programs if you have a group of people you want to send to us then do that, and we'll help with your program and our programs together because our main goal is the families in the summertime, a couple wintertime programs, spring and fall. But we would like the facility to be open 40 to 42 weeks out of the year, 40 to 45 weeks out of the year because it was built for veterans and veteran families. How do you convey, teach, otherwise instill your attitude? Well, I mean, when people see me, it's kind of like the shock value of, like, oh my gosh, look at that guy. And, you know, they first want to look and then, like, look away and see if I saw them looking. You know, they're a little embarrassed. Now. I'm just Everybody's
0: like, uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and I tell a joke and, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? I'm Travis. Nice to meet you. And after that, they realize, like, I don't want pity. I don't want sympathy. I'm a regular, everyday guy and we can get through this together. And then when we have these families come out and these guys sit inside their houses and they don't have the ability to, to uh, you know, turn that switch and say, look, I'm fine. I'm going to be okay. And then they come out and they meet me and they meet, other families in the same situation they get that confidence back we give them the ability to you know one guy came and he has two hands that are messed up and then two legs that are gone and he couldn't shoot a bow and arrow but vast came out which is out of uh, by biddeford right out by, down by biddeford area but they're a nonprofit. they came out and they made a harness for him to shoot a bow and arrow and he shot for like four hours and then they finalized wow. the harness like went home stitched it up and sent it to him in the mail so we're not just creating this place where people come up and do these wonderful things and then go home and they don't get to do anything We create it so that they can take this stuff with them.
0: But what they're also taking with them is the attitude and -hmm. the the idea that, hey, I can do these things.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think seeing is believing. So seeing me drive out in my truck, get out of the truck, walk out there, hop in the water, have no fear, you know, and, and jump in a kayak and just say, you guys can do this. With your families, and that's the main important thing. Can you see the light bulb go off? You can, you can. My wife is at a summit that she went to in Florida for caregivers with double leg amputations. Are more amputations than that, and some of the wives that came up to our camp were there. And about twelve in the room, only or four of them knew who Kelsey was because Kelsey, last four weeks of families in the summer, was at the very end stages of pregnancy. She wasn't going to have to uh, retreat right. to say to people, and um. They would stand up and they said, The Travis Mills Foundation, we went to their retreat, and you know my husband knows how to do this. My kids cried, said it was the best place ever, better than Disneyland. They can't wait to come back again if they get the opportunity. And it brought my better
0: wife. Better than Disneyland. We ought to tell the tourism people about it. Better that. than Disneyland. Uh, <laughs>
1: we have that in writing, too. But my wife was brought to tears because these, these ladies in the room had no idea who she was. She didn't make herself known that she was, you know, on the board. She's right. Travis Mills' wife. And, so she was getting a straight scoop. Yeah, so. yeah, and it brought her to tears. And then when she told me about it, when she got back from her trip, we were in bed um, in the morning getting up for coffee, and uh, we had, you know, the baby because he was probably a month or two old, or three months old at the time, whatever. And she was telling me this, and she started to break down. She goes, it's really working. It's actually changing people's lives like we thought it would. And I said, yeah, that's great, Kels. That's and, true.
0: And, Jack, you guys are changing people's lives too.
2: We absolutely are. Uh, you know, you can see the glee, the gleam in the eyes, the guys that graduate and their family members usually attend uh, the final hearing where there uh, has the final sentence. We have the guys that have graduated that are now coming back and come every Thursday as
0: well. Well, I met, uh, I met one of them the other day who was one of the mentors who, who had a, come through the program. I think he's, yep. he'd, he'd done a, a robbery or something, and now he's
1: contributing and paying taxes and helping other guys
2: go to school to get an education uh, as a business
1: degree, so, yes. On that note, Jack, would you say, like, the military has taught me to give, like, purpose and direction. So I think that with our retreat that I'm doing up here in, in Belgrade area, Mount Vernon, Rome, I'm giving purpose and direction, purpose in life and, and direction to keep pushing forward. And I think that's exactly what your program is doing for these guys. And when you got out of the military, you're kind of lost. I remember looking at a picture of me and breaking down and saying, what am I going to do now? What's next for me? I was supposed to be in the military 20-some years in high school teacher and football coach. And I found my purpose and direction I, I want to commend you because I think that's what, you guys are doing is giving these veterans a sense of purpose and direction in a way to move forward in life past the military, but also past their own self doubt in, the, in uh, things that they 're going through so i, I guess that 's all i would I would like to add and in that, is that, i think you 're giving them purpose and direction
0: that 's the deal and and, and I, I think it 's important before we leave that to realize there are lots of resources available for veterans in maine of course the v a togas the c box all over the state, but also the v s o s the the legion the d a v the v f w uh, all have people that, that serve these needs. And we've got a State Office of, of Veterans Affairs that does a great job. Adria Horn does a fantastic mm-hmm. job. We, it's uh, it's quite a network, and I think the, what is so important is that veterans know that it's there. They yes. are not by themselves. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> to the King. That's all uh, right. Well, Ang,
0: Angus will work, Jack. We go back quite a ways.
2: <laughs> the uh, outreach, the other... My position dealing with uh, suicide, veteran suicide, is, I think, vitally important because the numbers that I was able to get from the National Violent Death Reporting System, NVDRS, is that for 2015, we had 59 vet suicides, and 2016, 34. 2017, the numbers aren't in. But if you look at the overall population in the state of Spain we've had 263 suicides. Wow, That includes veterans as well as non-veterans. So, I mean, this is why the re-entry is, is so vitally important. And the um, outreach person at the VGAO, the um, Veterans Outreach Person for Vets in the Justice System, which are in all the counties that they have veterans, is important to identify who the veterans are so that we can anticipate the expansion of the other veterans court to the other other counties
0: so well you you guys are inspiring you know you're what you're what doing you do. is so great you're you're giving back and and uh purpose and direction right travis yes sir
1: and uh never give up never quit no. absolutely <laughs> thanks well, for having me i'm gonna call you senator if that's okay because <laughs> we don't go way back i don't think <laughs> no that's all right but I, I respect you that's that's the only reason why well i appreciate that i respect is too mild a word for
0: how I feel about what you're doing. Jack, thanks, man. And uh, Travis, uh, we're going to get up and, and uh, come to the retreat this summer. Absolutely. I'll be there.
1: Open door policy. Yes, sir. Good. Yes,
2: sir. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, I want to thank uh, tra- Travis Mills and Jack Richards and all the veterans of Maine for what you've done for our country and for what you do for us every day. Thanks. That's it today for Inside Maine.